All right, welcome back to another episode of Backlash Podcast, sponsored by uh, nobody, nothing. We got nothing again, Brad. It's just me and you, <laughs> and we're talking fishing again this week. We're going to talk to Linda Rice up in Canada. I don't even know. First off, I don't know if we've ever had a female guest for an entire episode. Is that right? I know we had Ashley Holmgren come in on the 100th episode, which was good, and we actually talked to her about doing a full episode too, Brad, and we haven't done that yet. But True. Have we had any females do a full episode with us before? Man, not you're stretching my brain. I don't remember doing one. If we did, I, um, I don't know. This kind of all starts to blend together, Jeff. Unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't. I don't even know what episode we are. Hundred and something. I want to say thirteen, maybe hundred and thirteen, but I'm not positive. I know we're over hundred because, um, well, we had that over the hundred mark celebration essentially with eighteen hours of editing and a bunch of fun recording. 17, 17 weeks of, uh, of an episode. So we did that. And, um, so I know we're over that, so that's good. But, uh, here we are, uh, back, back again. It's another Wednesday. It's, uh, it's actually a Wednesday when you're recording this, but it's really only Tuesday and it's like, uh, it's past noon, Brad. This is probably about as bad as it's ever been. Yeah. We're kind of pushing the envelope a little bit, Jeff, but, uh, we always seem to get it done. You know, the walleye opener was this past weekend. And so I kind of probably screwed up the schedule slightly with that, but, uh, I got out of here. It's been a long time since I actually left the shop, probably since musky season last year, for the most part, no shows. So guess what? We, uh, we put our heads down and worked, but, um, so yeah, we're back at it and I screwed up the schedule cause fishing has started, Jeff. Yay, it's that time of year again. We get to try to uh we get to try to fish and sell fishing lures and I get to try to wire things and you get to try to build and sell fishing lures and we get to both try to do all everything together and put out a podcast every week. So it's super fun challenging times, Brad, because we're literally uh let's see here, we're a week and a half away from the northern Wisconsin opener. Memorial Day weekend is northern Wisconsin opener, that'll be fun. What is it the week after that? Minnesota rolls? Yeah, I believe it is um, June fifth, so it's coming around the corner really quick. And in my quest to you last week, did you come up with a guest for talking about Minnesota muskies for probably not next week, but the week after, so we can get the Minnesota anglers fired up about their new season? Yeah, you know, I, I need to get that done, Jeff. Um, I haven't talked to anybody, but I got a few ideas in my head, so we'll try to work on that and make that happen soon. Absolutely. I don't want to leave the Minnesota guys out. I don't want to leave. I sh- I say guys, anglers. I don't want to leave the Minnesota anglers out. We got to give them, we got to get them fired up for their season too. I would imagine next week we'll probably talk to somebody up in Northern Wisconsin. I, w- I had a couple plans for more than one guest, but we'll see if, uh, we'll see if I can pull that all together. Cause Brad, I'm going fishing next week, Tuesday, which means we can't do this on a Tuesday before the Wednesday release. It's going to be very difficult to get an episode out and and since we've done whatever it is, I don't know. It, I think actually our very, this is actually kind of like a momentous occasion, I would say, because our very first episode we ever did, I think we re- we released right on like the Labor Day weekend stuff, or I think we recorded right before Labor Day, Brad. So it's probably been literally two years since we've done it and we haven't missed a Wednesday since. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty impressive on its own. Uh, we've had some challenges, that's for sure, but we always pump one out one way or another, Jeff. Yes, and since it's Tuesday, 
Uh, much like last week, I'd imagine you're going to be seeing a shorter podcast this week because, well, in an effort to save time and actually get this one out, it, something's got to give. So that's what's up. Uh, if you're looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventure, check out Team Rhino Outdoors. We're your source for custom lures. That used to be all of that used to be our gig, custom lures. Now it's just every lure. I mean, we try to carry everything we can. I was doing some reports on inventory, and man, the inventory has exploded in the last year and a half as far as how big it's gotten. So if you're looking for a lot of stuff, we don't carry it all. We don't claim to be the biggest of musky shops. We'll just claim to be the best, Brad. And my co-host today is Brad with Musky Mayhem Tackle. So if you're looking for gear for your next musky fishing adventure, check out Musky Mayhem Tackle, and I'll let Brad talk about them for a minute. Yeah, it's pretty simple. Um, we started in 05, and we are probably best known for the flash boo baits we kind of brought that to the industry and we're also known for big large blades and i know there's a lot of other companies out there doing it but we started that in 05 and you can check us out by taking a look at uh, facebook instagram or you can hit up our website and that's muskymayhemtackle.com all right brad i don't know i mean i got nothing else to add to the intro we might as well uh might as well get Linda on the on the phone and talk to her. Linda, if you're not familiar with Linda Rice, uh, I wouldn't say she's a household name, but she should be. She's caught way, way more fish than I have, way bigger fish than I have. Uh, 57 by 28 inch is her largest muskie, and I'm sure she can talk a little bit about it. That's, I believe, the woman's world record. And the best thing about that is it was caught during the summertime. I can only imagine how giant that thing would have been if she would have caught it in October. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just a true, true giant muskie. I can't remember for sure. We're going to find out. I believe it was in July, if I'm not mistaken, that she uh, she put that fish in the boat. So pretty cool stuff. And I'm going to guess we're going to hear a few stories. Yeah. And the other thing too, we're going to probably dive into a little bit is we haven't really, we haven't talked to anybody, I don't think in, in Canada since, especially a lodge owner. We've talked to Herbie, who spends a lot of time up there. And we've talked to Dan Herbeck. He's up there as well. But we haven't really talked to him about the struggles of what those lodges are going through. And so I guess we're going to talk about that too. We're going to talk a little bit about what, you know, everything that's going on with them. And I guess just how terrible of a situation it is, you know, it'd be like essentially, you know, you forcing to close your, you know, you essentially you're told tomorrow that, hey, your business is pretty much going to be done. No customers can come visit you. Good luck. Figure it out, you know. And so our hearts go out to, you know, all of them, Brad. It's rough. Definitely has uh, presented some major challenges. I mean, uh, they lost all of last year, and it's not really truly looking good for this year as well. So, man, I, I don't know. It, it's It's got to be very, very uh, challenging mentally, honestly, not knowing the unknowns, right? Yeah, it'd be essentially like saying you can't sell bucktails tomorrow, Brad. That's your livelihood. You can't sell bucktails tomorrow, Brad. Good luck. Right. Uh, I guess I go fishing. I mean, I guess you go fishing, but at the end of the day, um, you know, that presents its own challenges where you're probably, you know, what do we do? Do you go get another job? I, I know like talking to Danny Herbeck, I talked to him probably every two, three weeks and you know, he didn't guide last year. Well, he couldn't, there was no one to guide. So he's out there doing some other kind of work. He's pounding some nails and doing that kind of stuff because, uh, he's still got a, function as a human being and and make an income yeah it's 
like I said, it's a struggle and, uh, you know, we feel for all those people. I'm, I'm certain though, they're, when they're open, you know, when everything's open back up and the borders are open, Brad, there's going to be no shortage of anglers wanting to go up there to Canada. And I get, I mean, for no better reason to go up there as soon as you can, the fishing's, in my opinion, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah. I would not argue that. I mean, the pressure that's up there currently, I mean, don't get me wrong. The fishing pressure in Canada is nothing compared to what we do down here, you know, in the lower 48. So I, I honestly think, um, those fish got one whole year of peace and quiet for the most part. Don't get me wrong. There's guys up there still angling, but at the same time, (laughs) the volume of, of baits that they're normally seeing is not even part of the equation. So it's going to be interesting, you know, when that finally unravels and guys get to go back up there, it could be pretty exciting fishing, I think. Yeah, I agree. Well, let's get Linda on the phone and uh, let's have a little conversation and see what she has to say about everything. Absolutely. Let's get it done. All right. Our guest today is Linda Rice, and she's she's going to represent Moosehorn Lodge out of Ontario, Canada. And not only that, I mean, Linda's not just a lodge owner, but she's uh, she's no stranger to big fish. So we're going to talk to her a little bit about big fish, and she's caught some monsters, uh, stuff I only dream of, stuff I wish I could catch half of, you know. And uh, so she's definitely put, put some time in. She's put some big fish in the net. And so we want to talk to her a little bit about that. But Linda, you're the first time, first time we've ever had you on the podcast. Why don't you kind of go about your background a little bit, talk to the listeners about, you know, about who you are and, uh, you know, what got you into the sport of muskie fishing? Well, I've always, uh, I'm Linda Rice from Sioux Lookout, and uh, I've always liked fish. Never, ever went out for big fish until we owned the lodge. And uh, after talking to the guides and seeing what they were doing, coming home every night full of muskie slime and pictures, and I said, i got to do that. And that's what got me started into the big fish fishing and now i'm just totally addicted <laughs> just like always all the muskie fish are people i guess how long have you been doing this linda when did you guys buy the lodge we bought the lodge in 2003 i started fishing for the muskies in 2005 and that's when i got the ladies world record awesome awesome Let's talk a little bit about that world record, and then we'll talk a little bit about the lodge, huh, Brad? Can you can you tell us the story of this one, Linda? Because it's uh, it's a giant. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. We went out at five o'clock when the guides come in. I would have lunch packed, and uh, I'd be ready down at the dock with my fishing rod and saying, "Okay, let's go, let's go." And so we would go out fish for the evening. And this one evening that we went out, it was, I think we caught three, three nice ones, but we saw a really big one. And I wanted to go back the next day. And when they came in, there was that kind of weather where your hair was standing up from the lightning in the air. And uh, I kept saying, let's go, let's go. And they they didn't want to go in it. Except, well, one of them wanted to go. Then they all decided that they should go. So we took off and we went to that spot. And lo and behold, there was two other of my guides fishing that spot. So we went to another, just around the corner. 
And I gave out this great big long cast, and all of a sudden this fish came up, and it was, it looked like a submarine coming. And the other guy that was fishing with me in the front, he went to the back of the boat, and I got that fish in, and I started doing the figure eight. Felt like forever. And uh, I had one hand, and I was just going around in that figure eight, and I'm going, oh, my goodness, this is pretty big. And then I'm thinking to myself, hmm, I better make bigger circles. And then I'm going, geez, if it grabs it out there, it's going to pull my rod in. So I just got two hands on it, and it hit. And they yelled, left. <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> That's a <laughs> that's a good story. I love uh, hearing stories. Of big yeah, fish. it was fifty-seven inches by twenty-eight and a quarter girth. Wow. Well, I think what but, makes makes the girth on that one so special is, from what I understand, this wasn't a fall muskie. If I remember seeing the picture, you're standing there in shorts. Yeah, it was July. Well, where she's fishing up there, it produces some big ones. That's for sure. Absolutely. And I mean, like I said, for a July fish, Brad, to have a girth like that, that's just crazy. It really is. That's awesome. Super awesome. <laughs> so, Linda, what, what bait was that on? Was it a top water that you got to see? I mean, was that fish coming in really high in the water column? Yes, it was um, a baby loon top raider. Very cool. Very cool. Well, there you go. Top raiders. The next year, Jeff. On opening day for um, for the muskies, it was the first year that I had bought the, the cowgirls. And so the day before, I went out with my, with my rod, and we were casting just in the muskie spots. But I, I just wanted to see if I could reel that in all day long. Well, I caught a 44-inch northern that day and the next day we were out with guests they wanted me to come and if I didn't catch a 53 I think it was inches on my red and uh, silver cowgirl I've caught many on the, on the, the cowgirl so we, we always appreciated those pictures Linda that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> right now I've got 38 over 50 inches. That's like she read my mind, Brad. That was the question I was going to ask. (laughs) (laughs) Would you mind sharing how many were on cowgirls, Linda? (laughs) Uh, I would have to say probably around eight or nine. Very cool. I am kind of a fan of the... uh, of a topwater bait, I just, I, I just like that sound going through the water. It mesmerizes me. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So, are you typically a a troller or a caster? Well, I like to cast, but in fall, that's when we do our trolling. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, we never troll in the summer. Well, let's talk a little bit about the lodge, Linda, and kind of what kind of water you're dealing with up there. I myself have not ever made it up to your camp, but uh, I've been up in that neck of the woods quite often. So why don't we talk to the listeners about uh, 
the lodge and what you guys have to offer. Okay, well, we have a drive-in lodge and uh, a big, beautiful dock with uh, hydro and all your baits and whatever you need, plug-ins down there for for your trolling motors. We have nine cabins. We have a dining room. We have a certified chef if you want to have meals with us. But all the cabins are equipped with uh, Wi-Fi, satellite TV, air conditioning. Um, you've got all your appliances and barbecues on the decks. And then we have a gift shop. We sell uh, St. Croix rods and uh, we have all, all the musky gear and all the uh, walleye gear that people need. We offer we offer guide service. We have really great guides. Uh, they've been on the water for a lot of years, and they know where the fish are. We run kingfisher boats, and we have uh, six that have one fifties. No, five that have one fifties, and three with two hundreds. And uh, we also have the smaller kingfisher boats that have 70 horsepower motors and those are used by our guests either guided or they take them out very nice do you have uh, access right there at your place as well for customers yes but we we're on pelican lake and we mainly fish black sewell and if the water is high enough we can we can run the falls but the water is very low in the last few years. So uh, we either just drive over to the Pelican Portage and we have somebody that zips the boats over into Lac Sewell or else you have to trailer them down to either uh, Hudson or Deception. And it's not really a big deal. The guides do that almost every day anyways so they can stay out late at night when the musky season opens. Absolutely. So Linda, you know, it's been a challenging uh, past year and it's not really changing much for this season, the way it's looking. What's your perspective on what's going to take place as we progress into this season? Uh, as of now, I know the uh, borders are not going to be open. What does that mean? And how does, I mean, obviously it's affecting you in a bad way. Um, but I'm, I'm interested in your perspective of that. Well, thank goodness for all the construction that's going on in this town that we've been able to uh, put contractors into our cabins and at least we've got a little bit of income coming in. We've been trying to diversify uh, having different kinds of weekends where people from town or, or just in the general area in our hub kind of that they can book a cabin for a weekend and use the beach. It's really frustrating. We wish that we could find out some information a little sooner than them doing it like a few days before the, the lockdown is now until June 2nd. And it would be nice to hear now whether or not that's going to continue or 
if it's if it's going to to open and like that would give us enough time to let us get a hold of our customers tell the people that are staying with us that you know they're going to have to find something else because we've got our guests that are fishing that are going to be coming back so it's you know, it, it just seems like every day we're on the phone with our customers saying, well, I guess you have to move your date a little later, a little later. Even, even the Canadians. challenging part right now is the unknown. And how in the world do you plan when you can't even, there is no true information, or maybe maybe you have more than I think, but I, I just feel like everybody's kind of in limbo. You know, I mean, I've talked to some other resort owners up in, in Ontario, and I don't know. It, it isn't sounding real promising from what I'm hearing anyway. No, uh, you know, we just heard yesterday that uh, Manitoba is talking about uh, strengthening their lockdown because they are the hot spot now in Canada. And... Uh, <laughs> Those are our next door neighbors, and those are the ones that we have quite a few trips booked. So, not it's not looking good. Right. Well, because right now in Canada, from what I understand, they can't even go across provinces. Is that correct? Like somebody, somebody in Canada couldn't even necessarily come there unless they're from Ontario. Is that is that the what I understand? Yes, and and if they're from down south. In Ontario, they still can't come. They have to be with your little hub, you know? Winnipeg is only five hours, and um, that's only two and, a, two and a, uh, half hours to Kenora, and these people can't go fishing from Manitoba. Yeah, that's pretty extreme. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our hearts break mm-hmm. for all those, all those lodges in Canada. Obviously, there's a bunch of, you know, Americans that want to get up there and go fishing. But, you know, more important than that, we want to be able to get those lodges back up and running because, obviously, this is, I mean, unprecedented time. I mean, nobody's ever seen anything like this. No, for sure. And, you know, it makes it bad because the government's not really helping us out. They made an announcement uh, on Friday that they are giving away a grant of ten to twenty thousand dollars. Well, that doesn't even pay for your insurance <laughs> to help out, and and it's it's been tough, really tough, trying to keep going. Uh, a lot of people have taken out loans. I know we've taken out a loan just to keep us going, and if people are asking for their deposits back, that was spent last you're getting ready to open, you know? And so we've been honoring their deposits for uh, another year, but some people are pretty adamant that they just want their money back. And we've been struggling to do that as well. Yeah. That's a challenge. I guess I I hadn't even thought about myself, Linda. I I can tell you this. um, I know tons of people south of the border that are prepared and super excited when it opens up. So uh, hopefully that's sooner than later. Yeah, me too. I I laughed. I told people that I was going to uh, hire a plane 
and uh, I was going to get them to parachute in, and they they liked that idea. <laughs> uh -huh. I, I can tell you, I probably know some guys personally that would uh, take you up on that offer. I know when the borders open, the anglers are definitely coming up. That's for sure. I mean, guys are chomping to get up to Canada, and I I would imagine, you know, let's talk about. I guess on the the if we're looking at plus sides, obviously there's a very big negative. But if we look at the plus side, there's probably got to be a very little fishing pressure on all these lakes up there. Is that correct? That is correct. I was going to mention that as well. I just know that uh, Greg, one of my guides, he went up fishing with four guys for, for two days. They caught over 500 walleye in two days. I mean, that's I mean we threw them back, but like it was crazy. And I can't wait for the muskies because last year when we were trolling, boy, did we catch some nice ones. And I have a feeling that, uh, well, the water does need to come up a little bit so they have some room to move around um, in our regular spots anyway. But, uh, yeah, I can't wait to get out there and there's going to be a lot. Do you happen to spend quite a bit of time fishing last year, Linda? Or, you know, were you just kind of, you know, wandering in limbo where you were? Um, not, not a lot until fall, but, uh, I'm going to get out more this year unless we open up. I hear you. And obviously the question is, and I'm sure you don't have the answer when, what's the latest rumors that you hear on opening up? Well, I heard that maybe July 1st, that's what we hear, but I don't, I don't know how true that is or if it's just a rumor or it hasn't come from the government. So, Yeah, such a shame. Like I said, I mean, obviously there's positive is the fishing, but that far, that, does, that doesn't outweigh the negative. Everybody's, you know, financially, it's just got to be, it's tough. I don't know how else to say it. You know, another thing I, I would like to mention is it's really funny about ordering products for my for my store. I tried ordering St. Croix rods and I can't get them until next year. They told me that they were building 9,000 a month, but they're selling 12,000 a month. So if I put my order in, I probably won't see it until September or October or else I have to wait till next year. I've been talking to some of the uh, wholesalers. They've got no stock left. So, you know, people are buying all the boats up. They're buying all the motors up. They're campers, uh, fishing rods. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, everybody wants to be outside doing something because nothing's open. Yeah, that's absolutely kind of what Jeff and I have been hearing as well. And I do know um, some of our distributors that we, we have in Canada and Ontario, um, they have placed larger orders than normal. Um, and it's pretty bizarre. And I think some of that is, is you know, Muskie Mayhem, we try to always provide our delivery, right? So, um, and I think a lot of these other companies are kind of struggling to maintain and, um 
keeping up with the demand and we're just working more hours. I guess maybe we're dumb, but we, we seem to be just working and working, you know, seven days a week and trying to uh, produce as much as we can. So it's, it's weird that way. That's for sure. And I think uh, people are just super hungry. They want to go do something and fishing is one of those things they can do. You know, even when we were in a pretty good lockdown here in the, in the States, we were able to still fish. And so kind of neat in that aspect we're seeing um hopefully a bunch of new anglers um with that comes more pressure obviously but uh but it's good for the industry i guess is what i'm saying yeah for sure i know that you guys will have a a fair size order from me too i just have to sit down and go through my tackle bearing but i'm out of almost everything so well we like to hear it and we'll try to turn it as fast as possible linda all right. Well, I know that the the cowgirls and uh, the showgirls, I just can't keep them on the shelf. So, I like to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I think I have one cowgirl left and two two showgirls. That's it. Awesome! Awesome. I was asking if you still make the electric bunnies and. We do. We make the electric bunny, which is a marabou bait. Um, let me think here. I got it. You're stretching my brain. We make an electric bunny, which is a marabou bait. We make a single girl, which is a marabou bait with a single blade. And then we still make yeah. the super girl, which is basically like a cowgirl that's marabou. And then as well, the big bird, which is kind of like a supermodel sized marabou bait. Oh, right. Yeah, I had those too. I didn't, I don't have any of those left either. Well, as soon as you get that order to us, I, I promise you it'll be uh, worked on immediately. Okay, good. (laughs) Enough about, uh, you know, talking about bad stuff, Brad, why don't we talk a little bit about actual fishing? I know that you had wanted to talk a little bit about trolling. Is that right, Brad? Yeah, I just think it's interesting. You know, I I know that they do the, the fall trolling, and I'm really curious uh, on a couple of different things about that. Basically, is that normally when you are kind of closing down the lodge for the year that you're getting out doing that trolling, Linda? Or what time of the year, I guess, is what I'm asking. Well, we go mostly in October, okay. and we go right into the ice freezes and uh, we have to break ice in order to get home. So this year, I think it was like November the 8th or 9th, but it seems like Halloween is always a good weekend for, or a good time. We seem to catch a lot in one day. Like I think the most we've ever caught in one day was seven. And out of those seven, four of them were over 50 and three were in the high forties. Yeah. That's, that's good fishing. Um, I'm curious then with that, when, when do you close the lodge? Is that a possibility for people that are coming up to your lodge or are you closed down at that time? Well, I have five winterized cabins, and the guides will still take people out fishing for that time. So we we have five cabins that are still open. The lodge, 
uh, we have to close down because it's not winterized and the water freezes and there's no heat. So that's closed down, but we're there. We're around. Because sure. I know, you know, a lot of those lodges, they usually close about mid-October-ish. And that kind of eliminates some of that good trolling time of the year. That's right. But we try and, and keep open for anybody who wants to come up. We have the cabins available. So, and, and the guides are, <laughs> I love them to take people out at that time as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, it's always a great time of the year and it seems to always produce some really good giant fish as well. So maybe we should talk, Linda. I know I'm not sure how many times, but I do know that you have won the Muskie Zinc um, female division for largest fish of the year. How many times have you done that, Linda? Uh, it was four times and then they wouldn't, let me qualify anymore. <laughs> they, they told me that I would have to go into a different division because I was winning every year. And uh, so I, <laughs> I, I understand that because people weren't fishing the same waters as I was. And that, that's it was pretty crazy. funny one. <laughs> I think Carrie, my wife, beat you one time, I think, in, in that era. And I think she only registered that one fish, I think, that one year. She she never registered fish. And I'm like, Carrie, you got a good opportunity with this. And it was just shy of 54. And um, I think that oh, was that's one right. year. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment, Linda. And I think it's, it's pretty awesome. And, it, and it's stands out on its own that, you know, that's the kind of fishing that you have avail available up there. It is. And, and, uh, like I, now that I'm not registering anything that I'm catching anymore, um, you know, people aren't hearing of what I, what I catch. I post the odd ones on Facebook, but, uh, no, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not in any clubs anymore. It's kind of funny, Brad. She caught so many fish, they had to change the rules. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> That's always a good thing. Uh, that was that was funny because I, I went to submit something that following year, and they said, I'm sorry that we can't accept these. Uh, we have to put it in a different category. And I'm going, well, what kind of category? Well, they couldn't tell me that. So I guess it just was telling me that mine didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's funny stuff. I, I guess I haven't ever heard that before, but that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, that means uh, you're doing something right, Linda. So let's talk about your trolling some. Let's, let's talk about what it is that you're doing up there at that time of the year. And maybe before we get into that, maybe we should find out if most of those fish that you were catching and winning that uh, female division for, were they casting fish or were they trolling fish? Casting. Okay. And I all always assumed that they were trolling. I, I didn't know. No, all, all my fish that I wanted was, was casting. Very cool. That's awesome. So it sounds I to me... That trolling is still... 
till 2011, 2010, I think is when I started going trolling. I think it sounds to me like you probably enjoy the casting more than the trolling. Is that what I'm gathering? I do. And, and the reason why is because it's when you're trolling, you know, you're sitting there and you're just waiting for the rod to go off and then you run for it and you reel it in. And it's cold, even though we have a heater going and I'm usually cooking on the over top of the little heater and waiting for a fish to come. But as soon as you start grabbing something to eat, that's when the rod goes off. You know, it's always at the yeah. opportunity time. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That's why I try and keep busy so that they, and then you have to take your turn. So hurry up, hurry up and catch one. So it's my turn again. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome stuff. This year we were out fishing and, uh, it was windy and, and, and cold, and all of a sudden it was my turn, and this rod went off, and holy cow, I couldn't believe the size of this fish. I, I couldn't hold it up. I had to sit down and, uh, and hold this one. And the belly, like I had my legs spread, and the belly just hung in between my legs. It was so fast. It was awesome. The guys were all mad that it wasn't their turn, of course. <laughs> That's all right. They were doing their job the way it sounds to me, Linda. Mm-hmm. They were putting me on the fish, so. So, Linda, I just want to thank you for coming out and talking to us. If somebody's looking to come up there and visit you guys, assuming that things open up this year, I'm assuming that you would have availability. Potentially, I'm guessing you have a list of past clients you need to get in touch with also, but how do they go about getting in touch with you guys, assuming they want to come up and visit? Well, you can reach us on our website, or you can email us or call us. And our phone number is 1-800-682-6123. And our email address is so easy. It's info at canadafish.com and our website is canadafish.com So easy even I can remember that stuff, Brad. (laughs) Don't count on me remembering it because I'm horrible. I'll have to re-listen to it. How's that sound? (laughs) Email info at canadafish.com, Brad. You can handle that. (laughs) (laughs) We'd love to have all the new people as well and we'll Make something work for you. And we hope that when things open up and Americans can come up, that they go up and support these places. Obviously, we we hope they support everybody. You know, we hope that they continue to support the people in the States that they have been over the past couple seasons, but also get on up there and make a trip up and and help these lodges out because what they've been going through the past two years is nothing short of terrible. That's right. And I hope you guys come up too. I would uh, love to have you and love to get you out on our lake. Well, I appreciate that, Linda. I, I've always wanted to go up to that area. It's uh, been something that's on the bucket list, if you will. And uh, Carrie and I, we need to figure out a time to escape from here. That's for sure. So maybe we can try to make that happen in the future. Well, I'd love that. Truly 
appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some time with us. And um, just definitely wanted to throw that in there before we hang up and make sure that we button this whole thing up. So, yeah, and I just well, wanted thank to, you for inviting me. Yeah, I just want to thank Linda for coming out and talking a little bit about fishing, a little bit about what's going on up in Canada. And, you know, thanks for uh, thanks for coming out with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, I hope that you guys have a great season. Whether you, I, I hope that you have people there at the lodge as soon as possible. But I hope that, you know, you get out and you, and you put some fish in the net as well. So I want to thank our listeners for listening again this week. And we just want to thank our guests for coming out and talking fishing with us. Thanks again, Linda. I hope you have a great season. Thank you. And uh, you guys have a great season as well. Thanks, Linda.